Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Passion Harvest, where we aim to inspire you to live a passionate life. My guest today is Danny Searle, and I am passionate about sharing his story. Danny is a highly successful spiritual guidance counsellor with a background in spiritual psychology, psychic since the age of six. Danny has worked as a tarot reader, a meditation instructor, and has run workshops on spiritual development. In his early 20s, Danny underwent a series of -of out-of-body experiences that revealed the intricacies of the spirit world. Danny is passionate about life, ascension, the planet, and so much more. Welcome to Passion Harvest, Danny. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) I've got so many questions for you. I guess, um, look, I'm always interested in um, spiritual guidance, counselling and readings. How did you get started in that? Right. Well, first of all, basically, um, you know, I went to psychology school at university. Okay. And um, to be honest, I became a little bit disillusioned with it because it really only caters to people probably what I would call on the upper socioeconomic um, mm-hmm. sphere, right? I couldn't really deal with the people that I felt really needed my help. And then, of course, at the same time, I'd already been doing a lot of background spiritual stuff myself i finally came to the realization that psychology and spiritual development or whatever you want to call it Mm. they really go hand in hand right because often the the things that are affecting you in your life and problems or issues you may be having in your life can be directly related to a spiritual lesson that you're not getting or understanding so when you're just doing plain psychology you can't talk about those things right (laughs) You just can't. You have to talk about in sense of, you know, scientific, blah, blah, blahs. Mm. So that's why I ended up branching off into freedom, what I believe to be my freedom. My freedom is able to bring both those things together to get a much more accurate diagnosis or a much more accurate uh, model that I can help people with, right, that I can teach them. And, yeah, I find that I get a much more successful outcome combining those two things together than I would if I was just doing, you know, plain psychology, for example. Yeah. No drugs, of course, no drugs, <laughs> no, <laughs> no pharmaceuticals. I don't believe in them. Yeah. 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 No, look, I, I love that rationale because so often, you know, bridging that gap between the spirit, am I going crazy or am yeah. I, you know, am I spiritually awakening? But having that psychology background is it's such a great um, foundation, especially in our society where it's where that is accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how do you, I mean, do you, I guess you see all clients from all walks of life. I do. I literally do. Um, in any given week, I might have, you know, 20, 30 clients and they're from literally 20, 30 different countries around the world. That's the beauty of the internet now. Um, Amazing, isn't it? You know, and, but the funny thing is, right, they're coming from all these different backgrounds, all these different languages, cultures, you name it. Mm. They've all got the same story. They've literally all got the same issues, the same story. I hear the same things over and over and over. Oh, my God, what is it? (laughs) Oh, look, I'll tell you. The the biggest (laughs) things in the last two years, two things. 
One of them is I've been in this lifelong career for the last 20 years and I just woke up the other day and I just walked out. I just walked out. I don't know if I'm insane. Everyone's telling me I'm stupid. Yeah. But, you know, these are people, I'm telling you, in high-ranking big companies you would have heard of, right? And I mean you would have heard of them. Mm. These are people that have been in top positions saying, saying to me, I just walked out. I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I'd say to them, well, why? What do you want to do? Well, what I really want to do is I want to help children. Or I want to help people. That's the common theme I'm getting all the time. And the other thing is with relationships, of course, where they've been in a marriage or a relationship or something for 10, 20, 30 years, they're just walking out of it. Not with bitterness, not with anger, just said, well, it's done. It's over now. I realise it's done. I'm just living a life. I stay there. I still love that person as a person, but I can't be with them anymore. And, you know, and it all fits in. And I say, well, that's because you're going through the shift. And this is what I do talks about. I've got videos about it what I term is the shift. You can call it whatever you want, but we're in the shift now. And the shift means that you've got to stand in your truth. You've got to stand in who you are as a person, right? So if you're in a karmic-based relationship for the last 10 years, it's over. Karma is over now. Karma doesn't exist anymore, right? We're making it up as we go along. So if you're in a karmic-based relationship, you've got to leave it. You've got to get out of it. Otherwise, it's counterproductive. So they're the common things. And the other thing, big thing that's coming up in the last two years is these crystal children. I was very mm. sceptical about them until I was introduced to them firsthand and it blew me away. I, I swear to God, I was humbled by these kids. These are babies and they, it's incredible. They're, they're the oldest souls you've ever seen incarnated on earth ever in history. And they're now being born into the earth. And I'm telling you, you're humbled by them just being in their presence. They're incredible. So that's that's the main sort of things. There's other stuff, but they're the main ones. Um, well, that's really interesting. You say that because your diagnosis kind of sounded exactly like me. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Yeah, a bit weird, like a bit Twilight Zoney, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and so, do you? When you say you do psychic readings as well, do you? I know. I know everyone wants. You know, I personally would love a blueprint of an Excel spreadsheet of what is exactly going to happen in my life. But do you? predict yep. potential outcomes for their path ahead yes i do so what i what happens is as i'm talking to people i literally get like mini movies it's like a little you know three two Visual. second clip yeah in my head and i'm seeing this as i'm talking and sometimes they're in sequence some a lot of the time they're not they're just bang 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 and i've got to try and sort it out and you know get it out the other thing is I've got to be really, really super duper careful not to put my own filters onto it, if you know what I mean. Because mm. I just get the raw message and it's very easy for us to, you know, with confirmation bias, we can say, oh, well, that means that, it means that. I've got, I'm really conscious of that now, you know, of not doing that. I just tell you as it is. What I see, this is it. Interpret it as you want. Um, and that's basically where I'm coming from with psychic readings. But they're pretty spot on usually. Oh my God, I've got to make an appointment with you. <laughs> and anyone that's listening, I'm going to put Dan, all Danny's details in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. But you don't use car, you don't use tools. Like you don't use cards. Not anymore. I don't. Now, now no. you're at a level where you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you dying to tell me something? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'll tell you something. If something comes up, trust me, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm just checking. Yeah. So you offer career advice. You offer Whatever comes to you, I guess, is whatever you... Yes, yes. Okay, 
good. My mind's just ticking away at all the things I've got to ask you about me personally, but we'll just keep going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fifth dimension, you do talk about a lot about this and I've seen some of the websites. Yeah. Do you mind just talking a little bit? I guess that does it relates to ascension. Sure, yeah, it does. If you don't Absolutely. mind talking about that, that'd be great for our listeners. Yeah. So ascension is basically the earth, as we know it, has a consciousness that we call Gaia. And earth is a living, breathing organism. And earth has a consciousness, just like you or me do, right? A soul, whatever you mm. want to call it. And the earth is now ready to move up its spiritual evolution up into a higher dimension. And that's the fifth dimension. So we, as creatures that live on her, if we want to join her and go up, mm-hmm. we have to raise our vibration. So think of it like a radio station. Like if you dial on a radio, you're tuning into FM 100 and you're hearing the music and then you turn the dial a little bit, it goes off that music and you turn it up a bit higher and then suddenly a new channel comes into focus. So you know yourself that the old channel that you're on still exists, doesn't it? It's still there. All the radio stations are there. You've just got to tune into them. depending on which one you want to listen to. And this is how dimensions work. Dimensions are not places as such. They're states of consciousness, right? That was so so well explained. I'm sorry to interrupt really bad. But, you know, so many people, and I get these questions a lot about dimensions and ascension. Is it like the earth disappears? Well, it's not. You explained that so well. Yeah. I'm going to have to replay that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So anyway, so. The human souls themselves come from a group I call Petar, P-apostrophe-T-A-A-H, Petar. Mm-hmm. And they were once part of the 11th dimension, which is the highest dimension. And then they wanted to do an experiment. It's a long story. I talk about it in my books, right? Mm-hmm. But basically what they wanted to do was an experiment to separate themselves from source or God, whatever you want to call it, and see if they could find their way back. And it, at the time, it was considered the most nutty, crazy idea that was ever conceived, but it had merit because, you know, and again, I use the analogy. Imagine if you were a baby, you're born into a rich house, you know, that had everything materially had everything. Mm. And then you were sent into a village, you know, dirt floor village to live there. But if you were told your whole life that, Oh, you really come from a house on the Hill. You've got a rich father, you know, you've got jewels, you've got everything. And when you reach, you know, 18, you're going to move back there. That's going to influence the way you live your life, isn't it? Because you're going to think, oh, well, who cares? In five years from now, I'm going to go back to the rich house on the hill. So I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to really do anything. So that's why you lose your memory, right, when you're born. Because you can't have that information because it will dictate how you live your life. So we decided to do this experiment with full amnesia and see if we could make our way back. And guess what? We did. It worked. It took a long time but we did it. So now we're on the ascension path. We are now gearing up to move back up the ascension ladder. So the first stop is the fifth dimension. Mm -hmm. Then we go to the eighth dimension. Then we go back to the 11th dimension. That's how it works because we can't go directly to the 11th because your your brain would just explode, right? You just, you can't do it. You've got to do it gradually like a diver coming up, Mm -hmm. you know, so you don't get the bends. So that's, that's what this whole ascension thing is about. So we're ready to make the first jump. So those souls that are attuned. That are alive, right? Sorry, just. Yeah. Okay. Well, attuned. I mean, sorry, in the body, in a a physical body, just to clarify. Yes, in a physical body. So what you were saying before, will it just disappear? Yes, you would. You would just disappear. If you were in a room with younger souls, right, that are not taking this journey and you went through the ascension process, you would just disappear. 
to them you would but really like i said before it's just like tuning up or down on a you're on a still radio. actually in the room but well consciously you're still in the room but mm. physically you're not in the room right. and that's the other thing with ascension why ascension is different to dying when you die you leave the body behind and consciousness continues to the spirit world right but with ascension you take your body and everything everything goes because you're you're transforming your body into what we call a light body and again i've written a book specifically on this to tell to explain everything to everyone and how to do it and at my last presentation i did a paradigm shift on the gold coast if you ever get mm -hmm. a chance everyone to go to that that's the best one in australia i've okay. done them all right? that's, <laughs> that's a good one right but anyway i showed some footage there of one of the processes in my book i explain is how to create a macabre or macabre which essentially is Egyptian term for soul or light mm -hmm. body. That's what it means. Uh, it's like a vehicle. It's the last thing you do before ascension is to create this vehicle. And a, uh, a pair of assist these sisters, actually, one of them videotaped it, the other one did it, and they actually sent me her video of her creating the macabre and floating around in, in, in the air. And then... Wow. You know, that's it. And then, you know, probably, I don't know, I think she said like four or five days later, she ascended, she went. So this is not pie in the sky stuff. This is what I tell to people. I've shown the footage now. It's on my YouTube channel. You can see it for yourself. Everyone go and have a look. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Go and have a look. No, I not, can't wait. Yeah. It's not pie in the sky stuff. It's real. It's real. And this is why I write books about it. I give all the evidence. I, you know, my second book, I've got over 400 academic references in there to say, hey, look, Check for yourself. Go and look this stuff up for yourself. Right? So now we're in the quickening. And this is why people feel like time is speeding up and, you know, people are feeling more distant. So those of us that are in the shift, you're going to feel more isolated, more distant, uh, more like you don't want to be here anymore. You can't stand living in this world anymore. Um, it just doesn't feel right. You know, um, I can go to shopping center and people almost bump into me because it's like I'm half invisible. I think now, you know, people don't see me. I don't know what's going on, but or they or they stand really close to me and stuff like that. So, so not everyone's going to ascend. They're just not on the first wave. They're not. Eventually, they will, but not the first wave. They won't. Only those that are attuned to the energies will ascend on the first wave. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to digest everything you said. You, yeah, you did expand. I, I guess the terminology ascend, it doesn't mean you're leaving this planet. Well, you're going with the planet. You're the planet's the planet. moving up and a vibration to the fifth dimension. And the fifth dimension I should have mentioned is the dimension of love. That's what they call it. Mm -hmm. And the thing with that is whatever you create with your mind becomes reality. So that's why they don't let everyone in, right? Because if you've got a fear-based mentality, as soon as you start thinking fear-based things, like, oh, my God, a monster's going to come and get me, yeah. you will create a monster to come and get you. Because on the third dimension, that's what's special about where we are now in the third dimension, there's a delay in cause and effect. There's a delay. So if you think horrible thoughts about someone, there's a, a not an immediate thing where they get hurt or... Yeah upset there's a delay there right and then you've got time to calm down reprocess it and think well maybe i was a bit harsh you know maybe i should apologize or something so there's that delay there and that's on purpose but in the fifth dimension there's no delay so that's why you can't get there unless you've got a 100 love vibration because whatever you think you can create literally and same with travel with a thought you can travel to anywhere in the world that you want that's what happens in the fifth dimension. So that's this why you've got to, yeah, yeah. 
Um, this is a whole other topic about time. Yeah. There's such a thing as time, but a time frame. Do you have some sort of time? Uh, uh, time is an illusion, but do you have some sort of a yeah. time frame? Well, I, everyone asks me that all the time. No, oh, okay. I don't because, look, it, you have to understand there's a battle going on at the moment as well between the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. Because for the dark side that have been running the show like for a long time, they don't want this to occur because essentially they lose their status quo. You know, they lose everything. So they desperately don't want us to go. So a good example is um, a major event. This is going back a few years with George Bush, you know, and that whole Gulf War thing. He, um, see, they all work on occult. Um, timings, you know what I mean? The dark side do. They're yeah. very big into the occult and they do things on dates and things that have meaning and whatnot. So there was going to be a major, major shift of an explosion of consciousness happen on a particular day. And on that very day, that's when Bush launched this massive attack in Iraq or wherever it was, right? In the Middle East somewhere. And what that did was counter human consciousness. What our thing was designed to do was unite consciousness because Mm -hmm. we only need to unite a quarter of the population and that will bring the whole thing up. That'll create ascension, right? A quarter of the population. But what that did, they countered that with a quarter of the population uniting, but in a negative aspect, right? Yeah, let's get them. Let's kick them. Let's hurt them, right? So, and so this is what we're up against all the time. So every time we make public a date, they come in and, thwart it if you like or try and undermine it so that's why me and the people i work with we're very very reluctant to give dates yeah but what i do say to people is look for the signs okay look for the signs because there's plenty of signs um now to give you an idea this is probably getting off track yeah no 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 love free flowing conversation okay well (laughs) i released some images that i got access to of thirty thousand light ships of the Palladians that came out of the, there's a wormhole in the sun, right? They mm-hmm. came out of there coming to earth because of this 5G business. The 5G is another thing that the dark side's implementing. Okay. 5G is essentially an extinction level event and the Palladians help us, right? They, they, they are our cousins, but they, they're like our um, guardians, mm-hmm. they, but they don't just guard humans. They guard the planet. And this time, they're a little bit annoyed with humans at the moment because, you know, the warmongering and stuff. But why they came this time, and they made it very clear too, they're like, well, we're not here for you guys. <laughs> you know, we're here for the rest of the planet because yeah. you've got another million species on that planet that we've got to protect. And this, this 5G stuff is going to wipe them out, right? So we're coming to shut that down. So part of it, when they got here, they already knew about it, but there was a a negative prison grid around the earth that was created by the draconians who are the lizard people or whatever, who were trapping people, you know, consciousness. So what they're doing right now as we speak is they're dismantling that grid. They're setting up their own positive grid. They're shutting Mm -hmm. down the artificial wormhole that the draconians created behind the moon. They're shutting all that down. And so what I can say is we're going to see somewhat of an explosion in consciousness Probably in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. That's when suddenly I keep saying, I've been saying this for the last two years and it's really happening. And that is everything that was once in the dark is going to be forced into the light, right? So everyone that's been operating in, in the shadows is yeah. going to be thrust out into the daylight to be exposed because we can't have that anymore. And that's what it's all about. And it'll wake people up like a tsunami of consciousness is coming 
that that is what I can say. And, okay. and look, I would just say generally in 2020, I think is going to be much different than 2019. I'm on record saying that 2019 to me was like birthing a baby where it's painful, it's awful, it's horrible. And 2020 is when the baby's on your breast, you know, where you can finally relax and it's all wonderful and, and lovely. That's, That's and an so interesting far, analogy. Right. Yeah, well, so far it's, <laughs> it's been true, what I said. So, yeah. Great. Um, I just want, want to say your wire from your microphone keeps tapping your keyboard. No, it's tapping my chest, sorry. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> sorry about that. No, 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 it's absolutely fine. The negative prism grid that you talked about. Yes. How, this is a peculiar question. Maybe you don't even know. How, what, mm-hmm. what sort of the grid that you talk about, obviously it's an energetic grid, how far mm. off the earth? Yeah. If you could visualise what distance off the actual surface of the earth would that be? That's easy to tell. Anyone that wants to find out, just go and look up NASA, how far out the um, satellites go. I think it's about 360 oh, kilometres okay. Because satellites can only go as high as that grid. That's sort of the outer limit of the grid. Okay. Okay. They can't go outside the grid. Hmm. That was easy. That hmm. was a really easy question. <laughs> yeah. um, and I guess this also probably leads into a segues into the Schumann resonance that you talk about on sure. your website. That looks, I know a little bit yeah. about it, but it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Well, Schumann resonance is basically the heartbeat of the earth. That's what it is. So it's a cavity between the Earth's crust and the upper atmosphere, and it's charged particles. Yep. And for millennia, it was at 7.85 hertz. And then suddenly in the 80s, mm-hmm. it started to jump and rise higher and higher. And so what we found now, it follows the Fibonacci sequence, yep. which is a mathematical sequence. Um, now it's up over 100 hertz. You know, it's, it just keeps rising and rising and rising. And that is how we track where the earth is up to with her ascension, right? Basically. So it'll reach a critical point where the earth will just ascend. It'll just go. And if you want to go with her, you've got to be vibrating at that frequency as well. So it's a positive thing, obviously, as the Hertz Mm -hmm. rise. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. The higher it goes, the closer we're getting to the ascension. And how is that measured? Well, through Hertz, you know, through, There's websites. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's websites you can go to just type in latest Schumann's resonance frequency. And there's websites that track it where you can actually track it daily to see where it's up to. And, and obviously we talk about Gaia as a, the earth as a living, breathing. Yeah. Being body energy. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously that would, as, as the Hertz of the earth, rise that would definitely have a significant impact on humans on the earth yes it does but again as i predicted a couple of years ago for those that aren't synced in with that frequency are literally going mental right they're going mental in the head and that's why we're seeing all these public breakdowns and public disharmony and things like this and you know people breaking down and screaming at the sky and stuff it's all because they, they can't attune or resonate with the Earth's frequencies, the Schumann's resonance. And so people say to me, oh, how do I do that? Well, the easiest thing to do is to go into nature and sit against a tree for 20 minutes. Close your eyes and just sit against a tree or sit on the beach and listen to the ocean because you'll just naturally start to resonate or vibrate at the stronger frequency, which is nature, Mother nature. 
that's how you do it. You can do it through meditation, of course, but mm-hmm. I mean, why just simply go and sit in, sit in the forest? And our body attunes with the... It does, because it's like a guitar, right? If you pluck one string mm-hmm. on guitar, the string next to it starts to vibrate in unison at a sympathy. It's exactly the same thing. Because the Earth's a much bigger, stronger frequency, you will just start to vibrate in sympathy with that vibration, if you understand what I mean. Like yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. So um, I'm just trying to get, trying to articulate my question here. Yeah. Um, when you talk about the Palladians assisting us and all sorts of things, yeah. does anyone control the earth? Oh, there's a lot of different beings or aliens, whatever you want to call them, trying to control the earth. Okay. But no one's in, no one's the boss of earth. Right? That's probably the word here. Yeah, who's the boss of earth? Yeah. No, <laughs> no one. No one is. So earth is a separate entity or a separate being yeah but even the source see the source god whatever you want to call it Mm. at some point it created the dimensions but it 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 pushed parts of its own consciousness out and gave them autonomy and said you go and furnish it you you gave it free will you go and do what you want so they're the beings that we call the lom right the beings of light lom they're Mm -hmm. not god but they're parts of god well we all are right and so they went out and formed the planets and the dimensions and things like that. So eventually the Elohim that came here to the third dimension, they created the earth and then one of them went into the earth as consciousness. Same with the sun. Sun's got consciousness mm-hmm. as well. Um, and they just leave it be. It's like if you went and made a public fountain just in the middle of the forest, who owns it? Well, no one does really, right? You just built it and left it there. It's given free will and autonomy. And the main thing the humans are meant to to learn here. See, one of the biggest things I think is ridiculous is let's say you had a playground full of playground equipment for children and all the children use that playground for for decades. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly one day you go there and someone put a fence up around it and it's charging 10 cents to get in. You're thinking, hang on. We've been playing here for for centuries. Why, Why suddenly do you think you own this or can control this and force us money to use it. But that's exactly what's happened on the earth. That's exactly what's happened, right? But for, for millions of years, we just used the earth's resources. We didn't exploit them. We just used them to build a house, raise our families, eat, sleep, and be married, right? And then mm-hmm. suddenly someone came along and said, I'm going to put a fence around this and I'm going to charge you to use that stream or to use that tree. And this is... I don't know if you, we're getting right off into a really deep no, area. That's here. Fine. Well, this is the Anunnaki. I don't know if you've heard of the Anunnaki, right? But it's when they came to Earth and what they took over for a long time, they formed the civilizations that we know from ancient history. They genetically engineered humans, but they didn't have anything to do with the souls in this, right? Mm-hmm. Souls are separate. And they're the ones that put the fence up and, and started charging money to use, you know, the Earth's natural resources. And we've been dealing with that ever since. So. That's, that's where we're at at the moment. So no one is the boss of Earth. No one owns the Earth, but right. people think they do. They think they can get away with it, but it's an illusion. Like law is an illusion. Everyone, you know, they write a law on a piece of paper and you, everyone disagrees that you're going to obey it. But why? Why? Who said, who made them the boss sort mm. of thing? I know, I'm getting off in a, a totally No, 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 not at all. I love it. I just keep <laughs> thinking, you know, that I think it's Robert Frost, that, that poem, 
I think he's obviously sarcastic, called good fences make good neighbours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of that one. Um, yeah, so no one's the boss of Earth. No. Earth is its own living, breathing yeah. entity or... Who, who allows us to live here, right? Allows us to live here. And do you think certain people have a much stronger connection to the earth than others? Yeah, totally. But again, that's what my first book covers, what I call soul ages, right? There's all different soul ages on earth. Not everyone's the same. So the majority of earth, like your typical mainstream person in Australia or America or something like that, is what I call a young soul. And mm -hmm. young souls are all about building cities and making money and being powerful and things like that. They're the, they're the majority of the earth, right? So by the time you get to young soul, you're completely disconnected from the earth. Like as far as you're concerned, everything comes from Woolworths or Coles, right? So a young soul is someone that hasn't met, lived many lives on earth? Oh, no, they're probably halfway through their lives. So it starts oh, okay, off, sorry. Yeah. It starts off with... Um, this is my other question, by the way. You're yeah. already answering it. <laughs> okay. It starts off with infant souls. Uh -huh. So they're just new. They're just learning about survival. So all their lessons are about survival. So they tend to live around the equator where they have earthquakes and floods and tigers and snakes and things, right? So they have very short, brutish lives, very quick succession of lives. So once they get down survival, they move into learning right from wrong. That's the child souls, right? So this is your Bible belt people. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, the people that are into learning law and order. So there's a lot of child souls in prisons, but there's a lot of child souls that are sheriffs and town councillors and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're very good at bureaucracy and stuff. Then you get to young souls and young souls are all about power, building power attaining power testing power so your typical yuppie is a young soul um it's all about materialism they marry to have a trophy wife they don't marry out of love they don't even know what love is up until this point true love is not actually they're not even capable of knowing what it is mm -hmm. so then we move into mature soul because in the young soul they eventually get to the point where they realize well, I've got all this money and stuff, but I'm still not happy. What's this? There's going to be more to this, right? Something's not right. And so then they move into mature souls. So most of the new age people that you meet are in mature souls. So they're all about save the whales, save the trees. You know, they're always on some sort of um, plight to save something or some social justice thing. You know, a lot of them are into new agey things and, and whatnot. But they're still in the early stages of the mature soul. There's still a hangover of the young soul. So they still have security buttons pushed like money. And so a lot of them become these gurus that fly private jets and, you know, have palaces and things like that. But, you know, they're there for a reason. They, they, they spread good messages. Eventually in the middle of the mature souls, they realize that religion, organized religion is nonsense. They don't need religion, right? They mm. can access it themselves. And then by the end of mature souls, they're starting to really get the message and um, realize that, there's a lot more going on. And that's when you get into old souls. And so old souls are all about putting everything to use. Everything that they've learned, they decide now that they're going to utilize it, but for the betterment of humanity. Uh, they become teachers and teachers of teachers, uh, but some of them are artists and poets and musicians, a lot of musicians too and mature souls, actors and things. Um, and so old souls. And then by the end of old souls, they're mainly vagabonds, you know, like homeless people, a lot of them. And people go, what? 
And I go, yeah, because they're learning detachment. <laughs> well, they're learning okay. detachment. They're not going to um, incarnate after they finish. So there's seven levels within each level and there's seven levels, right? So once they get to seventh level old soul, they're learning about detachment, detaching from the earth. So why on earth do they need material possessions or connections? So they're separating themselves from the earth. So they, pretend, they tend to be loners, hermits. They don't have strong family connections, but they're very, uh, everyone loves them. Everyone that comes into contact with them identifies with them, but they don't have a lot of close personal friends and things like that. They tend to love everyone. They don't single in on any one person, so to speak, because they're learning detachment, see? And then eventually they stop incarnating and they go back to the mass soul that you came from and, you know, help the other souls, basically. Become spirit guides and things like that. How absolutely fascinating. But obviously, I just wanted to clarify, I know this, but it doesn't mean it's seven lives. I mean, there can be multiple, multiple lives. Hundreds and hundreds and that, hundreds of lives. we're slow learners, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, there's a lot to get through. So I was talking about mature souls. I, in my opinion, the single hardest life lessons to get through is sixth level mature. And on average, on average, right, it takes a soul 25 to 30 lives to get through one soul age. So young soul level two to young soul level three will take about 25 to 30 lives, right? With that mature six, on average, it takes 120 lives. My God. That's how difficult it is, right? It's difficult. But that's why when you get to seven, mature seven, spirit never say it's a reward, but it is a reward. So It's like Groundhog hog Day. Yeah, my, my question is why? What? What? I mean, I I think it's absolutely amazing, but why? Why are we doing this? What for? To to learn because the source wanted to learn about itself, so it projected mm -hmm. parts of itself outward. Okay, let's say you were born in the forest and you had no reflective surfaces at all, no water ponds, no mirrors, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And I said to you when you're 20 years old, I said to you, "What color are your eyes?" What and would I would say, I, I would say, I don't know. I've got no idea. So what the source did, it projected something outward to look back at itself, a mirror as such to look back at itself. So when it was asked that question, what color are your eyes? It looked at the thing that it projected outward and said, oh, my eyes are brown or blue or green, right? right? It learnt about itself. And that's, that's why we're doing it because we're all part of a soul group that's trying to make our way back to source. And when we get back to source, we're going to disseminate all that information we learned back into the mainframe, so to speak, so it can learn about itself. And we're all an uh, uh, intrinsic part of source. Yes, absolutely you are. Yeah, totally. Everyone and, is a little bit of God. Everyone mm, is. And um, the, the soul groups, as you call them, these are people that we have multiple lifetimes with. Certainly do, yep. So someone yeah. once told me generally everyone that we meet in well this life as we know it, I mean, mm -hmm. we haven't even started talking about parallel realities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have generally met in a previous life. Not all of them, but some Not of them. all of them. It's usually a handful. And it's usually okay. souls that, you know, like human souls work really good with certain other souls sometimes. Mm. So they constantly reincarnate together. It doesn't even necessarily mean you're part of the same soul group. They can be from another soul group. Right. Typically, you pick 
souls from other soul groups will be the challenge challenges in your life. You know, people that rub you up the wrong way, that challenge yes. you on everything. Yeah, but that was a prearranged agreement. You made that agreement with them to do that. You pick someone from outside your soul group purely because they'll do a better job at it, right? Because they've got no dog in the fight, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. They've got no emotional attachment there. But other ones like sisters, mothers, fathers, brothers, lovers, best friends, they tend to be people from your soul group that you've incarnated with many, many times before. But, you know, sometimes you'll be the mother, sometimes you'll be the, the daughter, sometimes you'll be the father, sometimes you'll be the son, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll be the auntie, you know. It works like that. You're never the same every time. You're never the mother every single time. You, right. sw you swap and change all the time because there's different dynamics. There's different lessons to learn. Same with sexes. You don't. Souls have a preference for sex or gender, but at some point they have to do the other genders as well, right? Because there's different lessons you learn as a male or a female and you have to learn both. How do you know all this? Because I spent two years going back into the spirit world and I was taught everything you know, the spirit world itself is also split up into seven levels with seven planes within each. And I was taken to every single one of them. Everything was explained to me and, and shown to me and taught to me and told to go back and tell people. You know? So you were still, um, I'll say, hashtag alive living in this world. Yeah, I was a body on the bed and suddenly, so how it happened... I was in bed and like 3.30 in the morning, I get woken up, I'm wide awake, I look up, there's a man standing at the end of my bed, he's glowing, right, and he's got a big smile on his face and I didn't, I wasn't afraid, I was like, what the hell is this? And he said, come on, like he, he went, come on like that, it's, it's time to go, it's time to go to work and I just, I sat up in bed. You were alone? I took his hand, yeah, I was alone, yeah. I was like 20, 21 years old. In this Straight as an arrow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I sat up in bed and just as I went to move away, I looked behind me and saw my body still lying there. Wow. And I thought, oh, am I dead? And then in my head, he said, and he laughed and he said, you're not dead. This is your astral body. This is your, your soul, basically. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but will I be able to go back? And he went, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. See that little cord you've got connected? There's a silver cord from your heart chakra, basically, or solar mm -hmm. plexus, really. Um, connected and he said yeah you know you, you're tethered to that and don't worry nothing I won't let anything hurt you nothing can hurt you and I was like okay cool let's go and so then we just started on the astral plane which is the lowest level and then eventually they took me higher and higher and higher you know and taught you all this inf gave you all this information yes yes exactly and what does the astral I mean I, I see I'm so thinking so physically here what yeah. does it what does it look like or is it the just astral now, yeah. the astral plane is an analogue of the earth, basically. It's, it's a mirror image of the earth, but it has a blue tinge to it. So you know you're in the astral because, like, the air itself looks sort of blue, a glowy blue colour, right? And you also see colours there that you don't see on earth, like ultraviolet flowers. So you know how on earth sort of bees and some birds and things, snakes can see ultraviolet or infrared? You can see all those colours as well. Again, so you know you're in... The astral, so it's a lot, plants and flowers and things are brighter. Like when you're wearing those coloured sort of glasses that, yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, so everything's brighter, but it's got this blue tinge to it. And there's and, no humans. Well, there's human looking beings there, there's, there's spirits really. Mm -hmm. But what you do see, right, is like extinct animals that don't exist on the earth anymore. So, you know, when people talk about, you know, 
um, I know it's going to sound stupid, but um, the Tasmanian tiger. No, no, I was going to say like unicorns, unicorns <laughs> and dragons. Oh, okay. Well, like God, that. that's much more interesting. Yeah. But, and wow. I think that because they did exist on the earth plane at a time, but then they couldn't stay here anymore. So they, they basically retreated into the, um, into the, into the astral plane. That's, and that's where they exist now. Okay. And I think that's why people still have a connection with them because maybe they're connecting with them in the astral plane. I'm not sure, but that's where they exist now. So they're still there, but really in the astral plane, animals, even dragons, things like that, they, they're really nonchalant. They have, they don't have an opinion of you as in they don't see you as a threat, but they don't see you as a friend. They're really mm -hmm. just, Oh yeah, what are you? Okay. Whatever. And just keep walking. They don't engage. So you're walking in the astral plane. You actually oh, you're floating, floating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, how amazing, how unbelievable. I don't know what else to say. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't know. I know I sound nonchalant, but I've been doing this a long time. So yeah, you're me, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went to the astral plane and learned all yeah. these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess my question is why are you, why, what, well, I get asked that all the time oh. because I came here. With How boring. Specific... I'm sorry to keep asking no, you these questions. Right. No, no, <laughs> it's okay. No, because I came here with a very specific mission in mind, right? I volunteered. I'm part of a group called the Star Seeds, and that's a okay. term that gets thrown around and misdiagnosed yes. or whatever. Star Seeds, it started off the light workers. It started in the early 1900s up to the 1930s and 40s, right? Souls that came through at that point were known as light workers. Mm -hmm. And then the next wave was the star seeds. Then the next wave was the uh, indigo children. Yeah. And then the final wave is these crystal children. So each group is setting up a platform for the next group to launch from, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yeah. And so I was part of that star seed group that came here for a very specific reason. So, you know, so I was giving very early training and very specific mission guidelines, if you like. There was no mucking around. It was like, okay, this is your mission. Now go and do it because I was here for that reason. Okay. Incredible, incredible. I know you mentioned um, earlier on in our conversation about, was it the indigo children mm. that blew you away? No, crystal children. Crystal children, sorry, crystal children, yeah. crystal children. I've got these golden eyes and so they were born in a certain year. Is that? Oh, years, 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 years probably, so he... probably since 2012, I would say. Okay. Yeah. And why did they blow you away? Their energy. They can literally telepathically put images in my head. That's what blew me away. Right. I'm very well protected because I do this stuff a lot. You know, there's things you can get you. So I'm very well protected, but for a being to be able to override my security systems, if you like. Oh, okay. And so, just yeah. put a nice positive messages, you know, nothing bad. Mm -hmm. That's what blew me away. I was like, holy moly, how are you doing this? Like, Because no one else could usually do that because you're so well protected. Right. Oh. Exactly. So right. for, a, I won't say a normal, but a normal person, yeah. they probably wouldn't even know what was going on. They wouldn't, no. And these beings wouldn't do anything. These children wouldn't try anything with you either. I don't think. Oh I, yeah. I'm not suggesting that it's just that you have that sort of level of perception that yeah. you, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. The parents know, because it's the parents that seek me out and they go, 
there's something weird with this kid. We don't know what it is. Not weird in a bad way, but we're not sure where it is. Can you have a look? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I'm like, holy hell, <laughs> you know, wonder. And can you help them in some way or what? I mean, what are they? Well, I just for? tell them, I just tell them about ascension and what's going on and the shift and everything. See, these children, when the time comes, are going to be the leaders, right? They're going to be the new world builders, if you like. They're the ones that are going to take earth into a whole new paradigm of a thousand year, a thousand year golden age, essentially. Right. So Cause it'd be seven years old and younger from, I mean, in this yeah, time. That, that's right. But once they get about 25 is when they're going to become the world leaders, you know, and that sounds young, but don't forget these are ancient souls, yeah. ancient consciousness. So they might be in a 25 year old body, but they've got the mind of Socrates or something yeah. in them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Amazing. Hmm. Gosh, wow. <laughs> As we, we're not at a close yet, but is yeah. there anything you particular? I'm just blown away by the, all this incredible information, but is there anything yeah. you'd also really like to talk about? Well, one thing I did mention on um, another radio show, actually, in 2017, I said mm -hmm. in 2019, we're going to start to see UFO disclosure, you mm -hmm. know, where they're, they're going to openly come out about it. And everyone at the time said, yeah, yeah, in your dreams. Well, it happened this year. And a lot of people aren't aware of it. It's been all over Fox News, mostly the American news, where these Pentagon officials have now come out and officially said, yep, yeah, we've been running the secret UFO program for the last 50 years. And, you know, it's all real and it's true. And now we're coming out and we're telling everyone. And just lately, as in literally two weeks ago, they were on the news, American news again, saying, well, we've got this physical piece of metal or alloy mm. that we've been testing for 10 years. We can't tell you where it comes from. We are now going to release that to the general labs out there, you know, the general population labs, and we're going to ask them to test it as well. And the, with the idea that they will come to the same conclusions as us, that it's not of this earth, and once that comes out, it's done, as in, you know, you can't argue this anymore. You can't mm. debate it anymore. They're not saying oh, they come from here or they're here for this mission. All they're saying is they're here, we know they're here, and we've been studying them. That's what. That's all they're claiming at the moment, right? Why would they do that, though? I mean, just, Why just they to open, open, yeah, just to open. Oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't give you the whole context of it because <laughs> I was told, uh, it's a long story, but I was told a long time ago, have you ever heard of the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes. Right, okay. I'm not that young. <laughs> no, okay. no, a lot of people haven't heard of it. But there was a missile crisis. There's like a, a galactic federation that look out for Earth. We're in their neighbourhood, so we're part of the, the club, okay? Yeah. And we've got a representative there called Lord Sananda. He was the first human to ever ascend naturally by himself, right? Yeah. So he was on the council. Earth didn't really interest them that much until we started blowing up nuclear bombs in the desert, right? And then, because when you blow up an atom bomb, it actually ripples through the fourth dimension and decimates civilizations, right, that are in the fourth dimension. So they're oh. all complaining to the Galactic Federation saying, what the hell's going on? So they send out a, uh, a group of scout ships to ascertain what's going on. Two of them got struck by lightning. That's the Roswell crash that everyone knows about. Right. And, at, and then later it was the missile crisis. So we are on the brink of World War III and Lord Sananda then said, please let me, because you know, the, the Galactic Federation said, oh, well, they, let him blow himself up. 
Mm-hmm. They can start again. We don't care, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And then Sananda said, no, no, let me go and talk to them and, you know, um, see if I can, I can uh, figure something out. So he came down to earth with two of his alien mates and they went and visited both Khrushchev and the Kennedy brothers in the same 24 hour period. And that's why you see in the history book, suddenly they just became best friends overnight and Khrushchev turned the ships around and Kennedy took the missiles out of Turkey and next thing they set up a hotline between the Kremlin and and the white house and, and they're all best buddies again. Basically, what was told to them, or sorry, then we go to 1968 where they had the missile um, treaty. They were given a, an option. These, Sananda and these aliens went and visited all of the main leaders around the world, including the Vatican, the Pope and everyone. And they basically said, look, if you guys, you weren't meant to get into our club, so to speak, for another 120 years, right, before you grew up, basically. Mm. But because you've got these nukes and everything, you, you threaten other life. So we're going to give you a deal. If you don't use nuclear weapons or blow each other up in the next 50 years, we're going to let you into the team, into the club, right? Yeah. So they all sign the agreement. So that's why we haven't had a nuclear war since World War II. And the 50-year limit came up in 2019. Oh, no. Yeah. That's now. That's right. So one of the things they said is we're not just going to show up and land because that's going to freak people out, right? They're going to, so they started doing a dissemination program of getting people used to the ideas. Mm -hmm. So this is why since the fifties and sixties, we've had all these UFO alien movies where, you know, most of the time they're friendly and, you know, the the day the earth stood still and 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 ET and ALF and, Independence Day and all those things, right? Because you've got the baddies trying to stop it as well and the goodies trying to make it happen. So, yeah, all this has been going on to try and um, get people used to the idea that aliens are real and they're out there and they're coming. So that's why I said in 2019 we're going to see a big ramp up and eventually we're going to get disclosure because before they come in 2020, we, uh, we've got to get people used to the idea. And so what I was just talking about with these Pentagon officials now coming out and, and saying it, mm. yep, it's real. I think that's all part of the final Interesting. Dis- disclosure thing because they're getting ready. And then when I say that, what they said they'll do, first they'll do like big flyovers, you know, like fleets of them will go over at night time and, and everyone will see lights in the sky. And it'll just get to the point where when you see a jumbo jet where you'll just think, oh, yeah, there's another one, you know whatever. And then they'll do daytime ones. Then eventually they'll land. They're not going to land at the white house. They're going to land in the suburbs, right? On sporting fields. Cause they want to talk to the people. They're not interested. They know politicians are liars and cheats, right? They don't want to talk to them. They want to talk to the people because the thing is being part of the gang or the club, you get access to their technology and okay, what technology have they got? Well, they got free energy devices, right? They can mm. give us free energy machines. They can give us machines that can essentially cure any disease or syndrome or ailment you can think of on earth. They can heal the body instantly, right? So they would be here to help us. Yes. There's nothing negative. No, nothing negative at all. It's actually an exchange program because the reason why they're interested in us is because humans are, are almost the only species that have a full aura, right? A full emotional body, right? Most other creatures like dogs, cats, and other alien species, 
they might have an emo an, a, a mental body and a physical body and all that, but they don't have the emotional body. That's unique to humans, right? Mm. So that fascinates these aliens, and they're fascinated by it because it's it gives humans the ability to be absolutely horrible to each other but at the same time they can also be so beautiful to each other so we can create beautiful art and music but then we can also hack each other to death with these yeah. weird weapons right that comes from the emotional body it's one extreme with the other so that fascinates these aliens and how we so hold they, on to things as well yes right so they want to study that so it's really not a one-sided thing it's an exchange program and i say that to people too because when they they're going to ask for ambassadors, right, to go to their home planet to teach their home planet about humans. This is a human. This is what a human sounds like, right, like that, right? They Are you going to put your hand up? No, no, I've got other things to do. But <laughs> no, oh, that'd be good, but no. Um, but they don't want politicians, you know, and diplomats. They want yeah. the real people who've got real stories to tell about heartache and love and things like that. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear the real story. So the people they're going to ask to do ambassadorships are going to be the people that meditate every day, that live, you know, in service to others, that live a love vibration. They're the people. They don't care about what qualifications you got from a university mm. or what's on your resume. They don't care about that. They look at, they want people from the school of hard knocks. That's what they want, the real deal. You know, it's like if you go and visit a country like, you know, I went to India and I didn't want to see the cities. I wanted to see the people in the countryside, right? I wanted to taste their food. I wanted to interact with them because I wanted to learn about the people of India. I didn't want to learn about, you know, the encyclopedia version of them. I wanted to learn about the real people. And that's the same with the aliens. That's what they want to do. So you can imagine, too, if they're going to give us free energy, all the people you know, that own the petrochemical companies, they're not going to be too keen on this, just quietly. Right? No. Yeah. It really is a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. I made a video about a presentation I did. If you want to learn about that, it's on my YouTube thing because I talk about Project Bluebeam as well that you need What's, to know about. I'm going to put all your details in the show notes. What is the name of your YouTube video, your YouTube channel? Yeah, Path to ascension p-a-t-h to ascension path to ascension okay but go to the um playlist i'll put everything into playlists to make it easier to follow it very efficient yeah wonderful i normally ask my i normally ask my guests at the end of the show if people it's kind of irrelevant now after everything we've discussed yeah <laughs> but um i guess my question is if people are looking to ascension normally i talk about passion but i guess it's kind yeah, of related it is what yeah. what what tips or tools or advice could you give them mm -hmm. only thing that you need to do every day 20 minutes a day is meditate i give examples of how to meditate you start with breathing techniques white light yourself then clear your chakras and then do if there's anything else you want to do do it then that's all you got to do that's it in a nutshell once a day and 20 minutes once a day just just once a day 20 minutes a day that's People so easy time. it is easy spirit always say that everything's easy humans make it difficult they do. well i do i'm putting i do whole workshops on how to get passionate but you made it really easy yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks well, <laughs> no i'm joking people, no but i say to people too you know they can easily find 30 minutes to watch dancing with the stars yeah, but they yeah. can't find 30 minutes to do a meditation. So it's yeah. where your priorities are lying at the moment. Oh, I'm yes. a big meditator. I think that's amazing. But Yeah. 
Okay. It's also getting in a habit, you know, so it's just changing. Well, let's see. Do it 21 times, it becomes a habit. See? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I generally say th 30 days in a row, but. Yeah. Well, and Amazing. so I can teach 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Yeah, it's been it's an fine. absolute delight. Yeah, my pleasure. And um, again, for anyone that's listening or watching, all your details will be in the show notes. And yeah. I'm, maybe I'll speak to you in 2020 again. We can talk about the sure. arrival yeah. of <laughs> yeah. the ETs. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Danny. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.